If you have your Bibles, turn to Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. And because I'm going to go through the entire chapter, I'll paraphrase. The name of this sermon title is The Call for Women. The Call for Women. Women, you have a very important place in the church and the body of Christ. And uh, through the Spirit of God, he has called me to talk about this. Once again, you have your Bible, go to Judges chapter 4, and I'm going to paraphrase. The first thing we see is Ehud dies. Ehud dies. And we know typically in the, the, during the time where Israel, where God sent judges, this was kind of typical, the, the cycle. The judge will die, the children of Israel would, do, would, would sin, and then God would raise up another judge. In this uh, cycle, uh, I believe it was 12 judges, 12 males and one female judge. So once again, in the beginning of Judges chapter 4, we see that Ehud dies. And ch- the children of Israel began to do evil in the sight of God. So the king of Canaan overpowered them and caused the, the children of Israel to cry out. And this king of Canaan, he had a general by the name of Sisera. Sisera was a general. He was powerful. He had a large, mighty, powerful army, but he also had 900 iron chariots. So he was the superpower of that day. He was the superpower. So everyone, they feared him. Once again, we know the cycle. Anytime something like that that happens, we know the children of Israel, they'll cry out to God, and God will always send help. Well, God sent help by the name of a woman named Deborah. Some people pronounce it Deborah. But anyway, she was a prophetess. She was a prophetess. And uh, let me share something with you. If you are walking in your anointing and people begin to come to you, whatever it is, you'll be elevated. So she became a judge. And the word of God says that she sat up under this palm tree, and they called it the tree of Deborah. And she would sit there, and the people, all of Israel would come, and, uh, and, and she would judge them. They would come to her with their different issues and seek wisdom from her. Now, there's another interesting point about Deborah. She was also a wife. She operated in this calling as a wife. Okay? Now, once again, she judged the people of Israel. But one day she sent for Barak. She sent for him, and so when he arrived there, she told him that God has commanded him to take 10,000 men from the tribes of Zebulon and Nephtali. And they are to, uh, God wanted to use them, Barak and his army, to deliver the children of Israel from the hands of the king of Canaan. Now, Barak said, oh, well, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, Deborah, I'm not going. Deborah replied, surely, yes, I will go. However, you will not get the glory. God is going to deliver Sisera this general that works for king, the king of Canaan, 
he's going to take the king, the, the, the king or the, I'm sorry, General Sisera, he's going to take him out through the hands of a woman. So she goes with him and they go to Mount Tabor and um, as God commanded them to do. And, and word got to General Sisera and uh, he went with his large army and, and 900 iron chariots, his super weapon, if you will. And they met uh, or, or went toward this Mount Tabor. And then one morning, Deborah tells uh, Barak to go up and, and, and go down and, and meet him at the River Kashan. And that's where they begin to fight. And it's amazing. And that's how the enemy does. You know, this, this, this uh, uh, General Cesar, he had so much confidence because he had this large army and these 900 uh, iron chariots. His confidence was in his own natural ability. But how many of y'all know that the word of God says God will take the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. That's awesome. That's also a, a common ploy of the enemy. He's so confident in himself, so arrogant, so confident in himself God will take some small insignificant thing and anoint that person or that army or what have you, and they will take out that Goliath every time. Well, that's exactly what happened here. In fact, the word of God says when they went to battle that all of a sudden the people, the, the uh, Cesare, General Cesare, his army, they were terrified. They were in terror. There was confusion among them, so much to the point they began to run. And, 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 and so God anointed Barak to, to take care of them. Him and his 10,000 army, the, the word of God says, took them out with the sword, chased them, fled, and they pursued them. They pursued Cicero's army. And the word of God says not one of them escaped. Now, Cicero, however, managed to seemingly escape. He ran into, uh, and, and when he was running, he went to the tent, towards the tent of this woman named J.L. And he knew that J.L.'s family uh, had a pact, uh, Kenites, they had a pact with the king of Canaan's family. They had a peace treaty. So he ran to her, and, and she said, yeah, come on in here. Come on in here. You, you good with me. You know, we good. We good like that. And so because of all the running, because of the anointing of Barak's army chasing him, he was tired. And so he asked J.L., he said, do you have something to drink? I'm thirsty. She said, yeah, I got some milk, and poured him some milk. And he began to get sleepy, and he told her, he said, look, Stand by the door, and if anyone asks you if there's a man in the tent, you say no. So he went, he went to sleep, and according to the word of God, she took, J.L. took a, a, a tent peg and drove with a hammer, drove the tent peg through his temple and killed him. She went out and told Barak that the man that you're looking for is in my tent, just like God commanded. What am I saying to you? All of this was done by the hands of a woman. Deborah was not only a prophetess, but a judge. 
Some of you all, you may be called to preach, but in your denomination, that's a no-no. Some of you all may be called to minister and do different things. Listen to me well. The calling that God has placed on you is real. Now, you may have fear once again because of denomination, your, your husband, whatever. Listen, this is a call for women. Listen, if you know that you're called by God. Now, now before I go forward, let me, let, let's clarify some things. Oftentimes, when God calls us, oftentimes, not all of the time, but oftentimes, there's a period that he's talking to you. There's a period where it's private just between you and God. But there does come a point where he will call you to go public. When you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're past that, that stage of, of him dealing with you about it. When he tells you to go, then it's time for you to go public. You tell your husband. You tell your pastor. Leave the results up to him. I just have this thought. For those of you young ladies that you, you're afraid of, of the backlash you may get, let me just ask you this. What are you going to do when you see Jesus face to face? And he asks you the question, I called you to preach. Why didn't you go? Your husband won't be there to stand with you, nor your pastor. Listen, once again, it is your job to let them know now. If you let them know, they may or may not, you know, take you serious or whatever, but you at least did your job. Now, God will also begin to give you other opportunities to preach. It may be uh, Sunday school. It may be uh, just being a good witness to some young men and young ladies in your neighborhood. I don't know. He may tell you to volunteer here. I don't know. But all I know is he's calling you and it's not always behind the pulpit. It may eventually get there. But right now, you have to start where you are. Acknowledge if God has led you to go public, go ahead and go public. Once again, it's not to be confused if God is dealing with you. He may be dealing with you, but he's not told you to go yet. He will tell you when to go. All right. But this is a call. All right. Some of you all, this is your confirmation to go out. All right. Now. Some of you all may be saying, well, yeah, I know that's the Old Testament. That, 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 that's the Old Testament. But, you know, we operate under grace. We operate under the New Testament. Well, uh, that's a great point, and you're right. How many, of you, how many of you all have heard of Aquila and Priscilla? Aquila and Priscilla, that was a man and a, and a woman. They were husband and wife. They were a power-packed team. They are mentioned, mentioned six times in the Word of God. I'm going to give you the scriptures. I won't read through them all, but I will give you the scriptures. They're first mentioned in Acts 18, verses 2 and 3. Then they're mentioned again in Acts 18 and 18. Then they're mentioned in Acts 18 and 26. They're then mentioned in Romans chapter 16, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 16 and 19. And last, 2 Timothy 4 and 19. They are mentioned six times. Now, I think there's something very interesting in this. Out of the six times, it says, I'm sorry, out of the six times, only two times, it mentions Aquila and Priscilla. The other four times, it mentions Priscilla and Aquila, meaning the woman is first. See, it was believed that Priscilla was actually the pastor 
of the church. And this is how Paul addresses them, Priscilla and Aquila. Now, in these verses that I mentioned, these six verses, they did various things. They were co-laborers with, with Paul. Uh, on one of those occasions, uh, do you all remember the Apollos? Apollos was a, a man um, uh, that was used by God. And when they found Apollos, he was preaching the, 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 uh, the baptism of John and repentance. But he, they took John, I'm sorry, took Apollos alongside and told them, according to the scripture, a more excellent way. In other words, they told them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Also, Paul addresses them. We, can, we find out that they actually started a church in their home. Going back to my understanding, Priscilla was actually the pastor. Now, there's another important uh, point that I think is interesting and it should be mentioned. It is believed that possibly Priscilla was the author of the book of Hebrews. Yes, Priscilla, the wife, was believed to be the author of the book of Hebrews and also the pastor of the church. Many times, uh, and I heard this from a scholar, uh, that if you see typically the the person of higher importance was mentioned first so once again it is believed that Priscilla was the pastor of the church now I've given you proof in the New Testament God is calling some of you all God is calling you step out step out now let me share this with you and this is kind of where all of this is coming from I had a dream earlier in the week, and in the dream, and this is more specifically for LALCC, Living the Abundant Life Christian Center, I had a dream that uh, Fred Price, Fred Price was in a separate building. He was preaching in one building, but then the church he was preaching to was in another building. I can tell in the dream it was current. It, we were during this pandemic, okay? Now, I was there also with Fred Price, and in the dream, I asked Fred Price. I said, hey, uh, Fred, Pastor Fred Price, uh, Fred, do, do, do you want me to help you? Can, is there anything I can do for you? And he said, well, you're not a musician, but let's wait. You may, may be able to help me later on, okay? So in the dream, a little later on, I asked him the same thing. And his response was the same. You're not a musician. Well, you may be able to help me out a little later on. So just, just stick around. Okay? Now, for those of you out there that don't know, I was a musician, church musician at one time. Okay, now, then I saw Fred Price pick up his cell phone and call. I knew he was calling the pastor of the church. And so after he hung up the phone, I saw a group of men come through the door it was like 20 men and like one young lady and when they came to the door once again it was just Fred Price and I but when they came in all of a sudden I saw this uh book book table you know how when guest speakers come in they may bring their uh, books and they have some people working the book table well Fred Price all of a sudden I saw the book staff the bookstore staff there and I know it was led by a, a woman 
and so they had the books there ready for the for the uh, for the for the uh, customers to come in and, and and peruse the books and to purchase the books. But before they got to the book table, there was a smaller table with pamphlets, and these pamphlets had uh, I guess it was a description of what these different books was about. So they had opportunity to look through the pamphlets, and the pamphlets would would uh, tell them what book. Uh, would be needed to help them whatever the issue that they were having. Well, I, as I was observing, I noticed one of the ministers, he, he looked at the pamphlet and, and he began to say things like, oh, this is scary. This, this is scary. Well, one of the young men that worked for Fred Price uh, was part of the bookstore staff, looked at him as like, and looked at the man and said, man, are you serious? You saying this little figure is scary? I'm scared. This is scary. And he looked at him in, in amazement. And, of course, I was shocked in myself. And so the men began to complain why they could not purchase the books. They didn't want to purchase the books. They didn't want the, they did not want to do this. Well, by that time, I went in the back of the line. And once again, I tell this during this pandemic, and I put uh, uh, hand sanitizer on my hands, waiting in the line. Of course, in my mind, I already had in my mind, I'm going to buy a book on prosperity. And then my second thought was, no, I'm going to buy a book on pastoring. So all of these things are running through my mind. All of a sudden, while I, and once again, I was in the back of the line, all of a sudden a commotion broke out between the men and that one young lady. I don't know what the commotion was about, but I know that she was upset, angry, and crying. And the head of the bookstore for Fred, Fred Price Bookstore, this woman, went out to console her and took her to the side, and I felt in the dream that she gave the woman a, a free book. And about that time, I got to the front of the line. And, but by the time I got to the front of the line, all of the, the tablecloths was covering the books. In other words, they were saying that because no one wanted to buy the books, we're, we're, you know, we're going to just wrap this up. And in my mind, I was about to tell them, no, I want to purchase this book, this book, or whatever. By that time, the dream ended. Well, I woke up and I, and I and I was asking, okay, God, what does this mean? What what does this mean? So I have a a a little notebook that I write all my dreams and visions and whatever. And as I began to write the story, the Spirit of the Lord came to me strong and just said that the assignment, one of the assignments of the ministry, or I should say it this way, this ministry will be a platform for women to preach. And so. That and through the spirit of the Lord, he led me to teach this lesson. Women, God has a call for you. And in this last hour, step out and go forth in your anointing. Now, I'm not telling you to 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 leave your church or divorce your husband. No, because God's not pleased with the with, with you divorce your husband, and things of that nature. No, but I am saying you have an obligation to go at least tell your husband and your pastor. Now, don't let the enemy get you messed up because he'll try to play those mental games. Now, you know you're not afraid of your husband. You're not afraid of anything. But in this thing, when it comes to things of God, he'll cause you to be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're just doing exactly what God told you to do. If you know it's time and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're called to preach, you need to first tell your husband and then your pastor. Leave the consequences to God. God may use you to do a mighty work right there in your church. You'll be just like Deborah. You may be just like Priscilla. 
allow God to use you. Allow him to. Don't be afraid. Leave the consequence to God. Do not get into fear. Obey God. Now, if you know this is speaking to your heart, act on it. Act on it. As long as you are private, it's a private thing between you and God, there's a limit on what God can do through you. Some things you have to get create courageous and step out and say what it is that God has called you to do. Before I go, I'm going to leave you with this story. When God called me to preach, there was someone else that preached in my church that month. That was their first, their first time preaching. Now, for two years, God had been dealing with me about preaching, and he would show me different dreams and different things and, and all of these different things. Well, one night, God showed me another dream, but it was the opposite. Normally, I have a dream of me preaching to thousands. This time, I only had four people in my church, and they were in folding chairs. It was a little small room. Well, that shook me. And so I got up and, and went and, and opened the Bible, and the Bible where I opened was talking about pastoring, and I can't remember exactly where it was, but I'm, I'm just recalling what the, the, the things that happened. Well, this was a Sunday morning. Later on that morning, between Sunday school and Sunday service, it was an elder in our church. Him and I was just talking, and he all of a sudden he stopped, began to put some money in his billfold, and, and he said these words. He said, as sure as I'm standing here, God is going to make you a pastor, one of the pastors in this church. Now, I knew that this was God speaking. I knew that it was God speaking. I knew it. And I also knew that he wouldn't remember because I know God was using him. And, of course, I, I was shocked. So you would think after all of that, you know, I would accept my calling. God was calling me then. Now, three things happened in one in a span of probably five hours. Now, once again, God was having dealing with me about it for two years, but that day he wanted me to come out. Well, like Gideon, I put a fleece out there. I said, well, you know, if it's God really called me to preach, he's going to let the pastor know. <laughs> this is November of, of that particular year. Well, about several months later, it was actually May of the following year, our pastor was preaching, and all of a sudden, he just changed gears and went a completely different direction. By the Spirit of God, he began to say, some of y'all are waiting, are, are called to preach, and you're waiting. You've told God to, uh, uh, if, if you call to preach, let the pastor, let me verify it. No, you don't let me verify it. God called you to preach. He didn't ask me to verify this. You know, during that time, you could have bought me for a nickel. I felt so low. I'm like, oh, God, you telling the pastor all my business I was embarrassed but this is the point it was time for me to step up so later on that day after service and after I got home I after dinner I went <laughs> I called the pastor and told him he was talking about me and told him everything would happen well then the pastor he said, well, yeah, okay, I can see this. Well, then he began to talk to me. He said, hey, you're going to be the assistant pastor. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 no, 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 wait, 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 no, 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 no. I, that's not how this works. I tell you that I'm called to preach. You supposed you should give me, put me on some type of trial or waiting and all this stuff. That's what I was expecting. And so he began to talk about me being the assistant pastor. 
Well, thank God that didn't come into fruition until two weeks, two, I'm sorry, two years later. But the point is, it was just as he said. But I share this with you all to, to you know, the call to women, that there is a period where God would deal with you most of the time, but just deal with you about it. Get your thinking right, okay? And then there comes a time where he will definitely call you. So once he definitely calls you, you know he's calling you like he called me, don't do what I did. Don't put another fleece out there. If he's called you, go out. Let this be your confirmation. Once again, I'm not talking about those who God is dealing with you. I'm talking about those who know that you're definitely called. This is a call for women to go out. God has called many of you all to preach the gospel. I've given you proof. The Holy Spirit has given you proof, I should say, through the Old Testament and verified in the New Testament. You have no more excuse. Will you accept the call? Give God a hand clap of praise.